It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into to a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. You were made for this moment. And thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Wednesday to you, producer Steve. You got me chuckling. Uh, yeah, happy Wednesday. Uh, one of the people in that list, Mr. Keith, he he was quite uh, outspoken on the bill of the day yesterday. I, I wish I had his comments in front of me, but he, he was a little bit embarrassed by... By uh, so all that to say is that your team is constantly uh, listening and you know contributing in one way or the other. You mean the spoon bill, <clears throat> the I'm, one that uh, has bipartisan quote unquote bipartisan support that, to say that you can't have your uh, unless you ask for it or unless uh, a restaurant uh, asks you if you want it, you can't get a spoon any um, plastic spoon, right? That would be the bill. Yes. <laughs> With all this going on in the world, that's what they're doing down at the legislature. But, uh, yeah, today's bill of the day is um, is bad as well. But we'll go to that here in just a minute. Let's do our housekeeping. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. Research for truth and clarity. By looking at these issues through this lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom, if something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And remember, it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, their freedom, or their livelihood via force, whether with a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, or the latest silent thief, which is government-induced inflation. And as I was just going through that list. One of the headlines that Patty had is that uh, Hershey Candy has uh, said that all of their employees need to be vaccinated. Doesn't take into account whether or not people have natural immunity or anything else like that. And Patty said, you know, we'll probably lose a a few pounds if we're not going to be buying Hershey candy because uh, they're taking people's livelihoods via force, saying if you don't do this, you you can't work here. It's just unbelievable to me, Producer Steve. Well, I probably dare not go too far. Too deep on this one, but I'll just say this is that the Hershey Chocolate Company of today is not the same Hershey's Chocolate Company of 50 years ago. Big changes. Big changes. They become woke. So, uh, But a great way for America to lose a few pounds um, because um, just very concerned about these big businesses. I had a friend that reached out yesterday, said that her company has refused to take a medical exemption. And uh, she's had COVID. Clearly, she's she actually had COVID. Um, pretty, it was pretty significant. So she's got all kinds of antibodies, 
and yet uh, her company says that they won't take a medical exemption. We are we are at a crazy time in our country, Steve. But uh, I'm going to continue on with our housekeeping things here. America's Veteran Stories this Sunday at three. Very uh, good interview with Jim, who is a Vietnam veteran. So be sure and check that out. Three o'clock on all the KLZ platforms and. Today, it's Wednesday. It's Wings Day at Cooter's Restaurants. If you buy 20 wings, you get 10 for free. And uh, that's on all their different wings. And it's for dine-in or to-go. But uh, they have the best wings there, and so be sure and check that out. And they also uh, have a discount for our military and our veterans all the time as well. Uh, so be sure and um, go to my website and check out all of my sponsors. I highly recommend each and every one of them. The show today, uh, the race for Congressional District 8, that's that new uh, seat that we have here in Colorado, uh, it's getting somewhat crowded. Jules Gray is running for that seat, and so she's uh, going to be uh, joining us in the second segment. Third and fourth segment, one of the candidates for Douglas County Sheriff, John Anderson, will join us as well. I want to talk with him about the red flag law, constitutional sheriff, and some things along that line. So I thought because uh, I'm just so concerned about what is happening regarding our Bill of Rights. And and since we're going to be talking about constitutional sheriffs and, of course, this this red flag law that was passed here in Colorado, which actually had support of some Republicans, which is beyond belief to me, it's really uh, it's really an assault on people's um, rights. And so I went to Charlton Heston uh, for a quote, and this this kind of took my breath away, because Steve, when I was going through leadership program in the Rockies, we had to write a piece uh, regarding a defender of the Declaration of Independence and a defender of the Constitution. And I had pulled these numbers regarding uh, Stalin and Hitler and Mao Zedong and Pol Pot. And the number of people that were killed under these socialist or communist regimes was unbelievable. And so Charlton Heston, he was born in 1923, died in 2008. He was an American actor and a political activist. And he appeared in over 100 films over 60 years. But he's probably most famous for playing Moses in The Ten Commandments, which was filmed in 1956. And then also Ben-Hur, which was filmed in 1959. And he won the um, Oscar for Best Actor. But this is what he said. It's the camel's nose in the tent. Look at Stalin, Mussolini, Hitler, Mao, Pol Pot, Idi Amin, Every one of these monsters on seizing power, their first act was to confiscate all firearms in private hands. So a couple of things just wanted to mention that uh, this is from the Epoch Times. 5.4 million Americans purchased guns for the first time in 2021. And so, of course, let's see here. I've got to find the other... Oh, and so because of that, again, this is from the Epoch Times, Chuck Schumer has announced $1.5 billion for an interstate gun task force. Can you believe that $1.5 million? We know that ultimately uh, their goal is to get, uh, to take away our rights, uh, to keep and bear arms, and $1.5 billion on that. And... um, 
and he says it's to deal with illegal guns. Can you believe that they that they're putting money behind this? When Steve, one of the other headlines is here in Denver, one of the the store owners down in downtown Denver is instituting a one percent surcharge to cover the costs of of crime, of shoplifting, of people taking things out of their store. It seems like that we should be focusing on the bad guys, not um, putting this money. And and we know that they say they want to get rid of illegal guns. This is really going to be coming after law-abiding citizens because we see that's what this administration does. I think Schumer has a short memory. Uh, how many years? It really hasn't been that many years ago that our you know own the administration uh, at the time got m- mixed up in a uh, project that was dubbed Fast and Furious, and our mm-hmm. own Attorney General had his hands all over it, and it helped. You know, a lot of guns ended up in the wrong hands because of it. Well, and wasn't that Cheryl? And I have on my list. We need to get Cheryl Atkinson back on, but she's the one that I think broke that story. And that is the Obama administration was getting hands into, it ended up in the cartels down on the southern border. And then some of those guns were actually used and killed some of our border agents. And am I remembering, isn't that the deal? Yeah. You know, you know, the, you know the, the finest details of that story are you know, beyond me. I need to go back and research it again. But yes, that was part of the outcome. Yeah. Okay. But uh, again, so they say they want to get rid of illegal guns, but yet actually they had a program under Democrats that put guns into criminals' hands. So go figure. Just just very concerned about that. And, you know, when the stench goes as high as the attorney general, and his, he's not nameless, his name is Eric Holder, uh, you knew it was, it was bad news. But... Again, we'll just reiterate, 5.4 million Americans purchased guns for the first time in 2021. I find that very telling. It is. In light of what's been going on for the last two years, yeah. Yeah, very telling, for sure. People, you know what, people, I was talking to a new gun owner who, she had said, we were not going to have guns in our homes, and then they went out and bought three after they figured out uh, what the risk is in, in under under these Democrat policies, and uh, people are realizing that that uh, when criminals are considered um, the victims instead of the victims, and that's what we've seen with uh, these DAs that Soros has put into place with these Democrat policies. Our beautiful cities have been um, burned; they've been looted. People are saying, "Okay, then I I have to make sure that I take care of my own family." But let's get over here quickly to the bill of the day. The sponsors are Representative Sirota and Senator Gonzalez. They're both Democrats. It's House Bill 221060. It's contribution limits for school district director candidates. My friends, we all know that there is a battle for the curriculum that is being taught to our children. Many of us had not been paying attention. We've trusted that the great classical liberal public education that many of us had, I had, that that was, is being taught to our children. We're re- realizing <clears throat> that that is not the case. Uh, I hope that all of you did go and make comments regarding the social studies revisions. They were due yesterday and at the Colorado Department of Education. But we realize that this is the fight for our, our kids. And there's been success here in Colorado this last election cycle with moving these uh, many of these school boards from the radical 
left uh, to, again, um, I, I would say center people, people that want to make sure that we are teaching our kids uh, the things they need, like reading, writing, math, um, arith- uh, uh, history, science, critical thinking, all these things to set our children up for success instead of this divisive uh, CRT or whatever the iterations are thereof of teaching kids that whatever group they were in is they're either an oppressor or a victim. So there has been success in starting to reclaim these school boards. So guess what? They're going to limit money here. It says current law regulating campaign finance does not set limits on contributions to candidates for a school district director. So section two of the bill sets aggregate limits on contributions to candidates for school district director from persons. That's really important. Persons other than small donor committees for any regular biennial or special school election in the amount of $2,500. And it also sets those limits. uh, It sets aggregate limits on contributions to candidates for school district director from small donor committees for any school election in the amount of $25,000. What is missing here, Steve, is the word union. Because the unions come in. And they play big in these school board races. And so here we have two Democrats that are coming in and limiting what people can give to school board candidates. But you don't see a word about unions. And I am so opposed to campaign finance rules. I think that we should not have any of them. I think I mentioned that I went to the candidate information uh, meeting for uh, the Lone Tree City Council. That race will be in uh, May. And I was astonished, astonished. One of the rules that they had is they said that you could not put a campaign sign, if you're uh, a campaign sign, if you're a, veho- uh, a candidate on vehicles. And I questioned that. But when we look at all of these campaign finance rules that have come down. And of course, John McCain, the the, uh, McCain-Feingold Campaign Finance Act, again, what that did is that really constricted free speech. And so we see here, these two Democrats are putting forth legislation, which will probably pass, we'll see if the governor signs it, which would constrict our voices regarding our school board elections. And these are little little things that a lot of people are not paying attention to. And hats off to Patty for putting that on on our packet as bill of the day. Let's go to break. When we come back, we'll talk with uh, Jules Gray about this uh, congressional race that she's in. Uh, this is super important, so stay tuned. And uh, before we do that, though, Kirsch Insurance Group is a great sponsor of the show, and we'll be talking with Danielle Green a little bit later in the show. We'll be right back. Home ownership and private property rights help you build wealth for you and your family. REMAX Alliance award-winning realtor Karen Levine understands this. Supply is super tight right now. This is why you need a seasoned professional with excellent negotiating skills on your side of the table, whether buying or selling an existing home or buying a new build. As a member of the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors, Karen Levine volunteers hours of her time to help you build your American dream. Call her today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. 
All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And on the line with me is Jules Gray. And she is running for this new congressional seat that we have here in Colorado at CD8. Jules, welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. Well, uh, this has become a very popular race, it looks like to me, on both sides of the aisle. (laughs) And um, you were out here early on this, and you're not a politician, correct, Jules? Yes, of all the people running, Democrat or Republican, I am the only small business owner, the only one who is not a current politician. And why? Why have you decided to throw your hat in the ring for CD8? Well, Kim, you know, for me, it came after the, you know, the the election in 2020. And I, as a business owner and someone who has to get things done for my livelihood, I just decided that I could no longer be silent. I could no longer sit back and watch the destruction of our liberty and these uh, socialist policies that seem to be taking a chokehold in every aspect of our lives. And I had to step up and try and do something about it. So what would you say is the number one issue? Uh, if voters send you to Washington, D.C., what would, is the number one thing that you would do? Well, the number one thing would be education. That That's how I got involved. You know, I saw how my kids were being affected with critical race theory and the things that are being taught in schools. And I'm glad you brought up the teachers' unions because they're the ones that seem to have control over everything with our school boards and I think we have, number one, we have a lot of work to do when I get to Washington, no, no matter what. But we need to start with education because my biggest fear is when this generation gets to be a voting age and what they're being taught and the socialism and the Marxism coming into our country via our kids and our schools. And so I think we need to overhaul the Department of Education. I think maybe we should get rid of it. <clears throat> I would love to get rid of it. I don't know if that's possible, but we can maybe start with an overhaul. Um, I, I think that you've really hit the nail on the head there and there regarding the education of our children. And I, I do think that the education of our kids, it really should be local. And, uh, and also when we talk about local, uh, we've talked about local government, how important that is. And Jules, in this journey that I think we've all been on, I realized the the first most local is ourselves and our families. <clears throat> and I think that we have been a bit asleep at the wheel, trusting our our school boards, trusting our uh, administrators in the education system that we, as I mentioned in the last segment, that we were teaching our kids reading, writing, arithmetic. Uh, science, history, giving each and every kid the tool to set them up for success. And its I think it's just mind-blowing to all of us to realize what has happened. That uh, I saw last night on television that in Baltimore City, uh, very few of their, their graduating seniors can actually read. And a number of years ago, I did... Um, 
some research on Baltimore, and now I can't can't remember the exact numbers, but they were spending over $20,000 per kid to educate them. And I thought about it. So let's say you have a, a, a classroom of 20 kids. And of course, we normally have more. But let's say that you have a classroom of 20 kids. That means that there's $400,000 know, floating around, quote, unquote, to educate those kids. And we're not, mm-hmm. we're, we're not graduating kids that have the tools to be a success. This is such a huge problem. And... Um, I, I agree with you. I think education is is super important. So how how could you push, if you were in Congress, how can you push that control away from the federal government back down to the states, to the, the um, school districts, and to the parents? Well, you hit the nail on the head with that. Our kids are failing all over the country, and they're being left behind. The, the focus has become more about social justice issues and um, safe spaces rather than it has with our education. And so we do need to bring this back to the local level. And I'm so thrilled to have been a part of supporting new school board candidates in 27J and Adams 12 up in the 8th District. I live in Brighton, and that was just tremendous to see us get some of those seats. So on the federal level with pushing it back, I think it starts with funding. You know, a lot of funding is going to schools who are pushing CRT and the 1619 project, and we need to reverse that immediately. We need to do more focus on uh, performance-based funding and and rewarding those school districts and states that are pushing education and not social justice issues. So now, Jules, you talk about funding, and one of the headlines that Patty had um, pulled, this was from USA Today. And it was yesterday. It said the national debt surpassed $30 trillion for the first time Tuesday, fueled in part by the coronavirus pandemic and what economists describe as years of unsustainable government spending that could have long, could, it says could have long-term consequences for every American. It will have long-term consequences for every American. Jules, it, it's not politically popular to say that we're going to get this spending under control. But we we need brave people that will do that. And we also need brave voters that understand that we cannot continue to vote money from the quote-unquote national treasury, which is empty, to, uh, to, uh, to giveaways. And we'll have a day of reckoning one way or another. Would you be a a congresswoman who would go and say we've got to stop the spending and get that thing turned around. Oh, absolutely. It has gotten so out of control. You know, Rand Paul does a waste report Wednesday, and to see these frivolous things that the government is spending our tax dollars on by the millions every week is just unbelievable. And so, like I said, the Department of Education needs to overhaul, but so does our our spending this quantitative easing is not doing anybody any good. And Americans cannot afford for the government to play with our money. You know, as a small business owner, I understand budgets. I know what it's like when I pay so much in taxes, I can't make payroll. That's a problem. And our government seems to just create money out of thin air. And we once had a focus of getting a balanced budget. Where did that go? We need to get back to that. We need to make sure that Americans know we're spending tax dollars responsibly. Definitely. 
And one, one other thing, uh, another headline, Jules, and this is from the Epoch Times, says that Fauci knew about the virus lab origin from a secret teleconference, but he pushed an alter, alternate narrative. And uh, he was told about this, that uh, that the uh, China, the CCP virus, actually had come from a lab, which he, it looks like that uh, he had decision-making on money that went to that lab, but yet he has been given all this power to, you know, dictate our lives, basically. What would you do about Fauci and all of that that's been going on? Well, he needs, this whole thing needs to be investigated. There needs to be a special counsel just for him. And, you know, a lot of these things came out last year, in fact, and they were called conspiracy theories. And now all of a sudden here they are coming true. So, we need a special counsel to not only investigate, but prosecute. Okay. Uh, Jules, we're about out of time. Uh, what's the final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners, and how can people get more information about you? Yes. So I would just love for everyone to go to my website to learn more about me and what I stand for, which is Jules for Colorado, J-E-W-E-L-S-F-O-R, Colorado.com. And, you know, for me, it came down to, if not me, then who? I encourage everyone to get involved. And it starts at the local level. I am the grassroots candidate. I mean, I need all the support I can get. And so we are working on encouraging people to get involved at caucus, which is coming up March 1st, to become a delegate and be able to vote in assembly. This is where it starts. So thank you so much for your time, Kim. I really appreciate your time, um, that time to connect with your listeners. Okay. And what's that uh, website one more time? Jewels for Colorado. Okay, very, very good. So, Jules Gray, thank you so much. And uh, on this snowy morning, I'm hoping that we have Lauren Levy on the line. I'm sorry to tell you, you do not. (laughs) Okay, then in that case, uh, there's a couple of other things that I would like to mention then. And let's see. Uh, Let's just talk a little bit about the court. Uh, It looks like Biden, of course, he's come out and he has said that uh, he is going to appoint a black woman, which I actually find kind of interesting because I thought the left said that there is no real women, men, you know, that 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 uh, moniker is whatever people would identify. I wonder if I identified that way, if I could be a candidate. But anyway, I, I know I digress. But um, McConnell has come out and said that uh, he's warned about a radical left Supreme Court pick. So I do hope that McConnell is strong on that. But I was thinking as we were going through these headlines, Producer Steve, about Alan Thomas's op-ed that's on the website now from last week, and that is court complacency. And he said that the court is supposed to be a bulwark to su- uh, support the Constitution. But, it, but the continual attacks that we have on the court, things do start to, to fray around the edges. And that's why we as everyday citizens have to be informed and we have to make sure that we vote. I'm not, I'm not uh, just so convinced about this red wave in November because Steve, you are keeping a, a countdown and today is 279 days for two things, correct? Yeah. The, the first one in terms of this, the concept that having to show an ID to vote is voter suppression. Uh, anyone, who's walking around with an ID, and I can't imagine who that might be, you've got 279 days to get one. Secondly, we've every outlet that's out there has is basically, they're all agreed on one thing, that come 
midterm elections uh, 2022, the left, the Democratic Party, is going to take a pounding. And I want to think sooner or later they have to be caucusing amongst themselves behind closed doors and saying, maybe we've gone too far here and we really need to clean up our act uh, before November 8th, which, again, that's 279 days away. Okay, I'm going to challenge you on, uh, yes, I think that they are behind closed doors. I think they are realizing that there's a tremendous risk that they are going to lose these elections. And uh, you said that they're going they may take a a self-assessment and say we're going to clean up our act, which would mean that they might move away from these uh, tyrannical policies that they are instituting and um, move, you know, move back more towards freedom. They, I I think what they will do is they're not going to really change, but they're going to change their narrative. Yes. So, so that it looks like they are more American protecting the constitution declaration, those kinds of things. They won't really do that, but I think you're going to see the narrative switch on that because they're not going to, they have worked so hard to get, gain all this power. They are not going to give it up easily, which we saw with the Trump administration. I mean, my gosh, four years of constant um, attacks and, um, allegations about the Russiagate, which we have found that there was nothing there. And so they have 279 days and they're going to be working really hard to figure out how they can um, influence this election and not in a good way. And also, as you mentioned, 279 days to get your ID if you're one of those people in America that doesn't have one. So uh, we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, Lauren Levy, just want to mention, he is um, an expert in the mortgage arena. His company is Polygon Financial Group. He works with a lot of different lenders there. Interest rates have gone up a bit, but they're still at good historical lows. And with inflation rearing its ugly head, if you've not, re- or if you want to refinance or if you're getting into the uh, home buying business, check everything out with uh, Lauren Levy. He can really help you out with that. His number is 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. We'll be right back with John Anderson. With the federal government printing money, it looks like inflation is on the horizon. That is why you should lock in a low rate now on your mortgage. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group is here to help. Lauren works with a variety of lenders to assist you in finding the mortgage that is just right for you. Locking in a low rate now will save you thousands of dollars over the life of your loan. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait any longer. Call Lauren today at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. Would you have ever dreamed that freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion would be under assault and attack in America? Unbelievably, it is happening right before our eyes. That is why it is important to keep free-thinking, independent voices on the airwaves, the Internet, and social media. Kim Munson is one of those important voices. Help her keep independence alive. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute, to join Kim in the battle of ideas raging in America today. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for a weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. On the line with me is John Anderson. He is a candidate for Douglas County Sheriff. Uh, John, welcome to the show. 
Thank you, Kim. Thanks for having me. John, these sheriff races are among some of the most important in the country. Uh, when we have seen what has happened over the last couple of years with health departments um, basically trying to dictate which businesses can be open, which can't, uh, it's been rather remarkable. And so constitutional sheriff is a term that is so important right now. Explain to our listeners what a constitutional sheriff is and um, how you would make sure that you would be a constitutional sheriff. Well, I think I started that uh, when I decided to get in the race for sheriff back when uh, um, the Democrats and uh, even our own sheriff endorsed Red Flag. And uh, that is definitely, in my opinion, government overreach. <clears throat> it's it's uh, a violation of our rights. And I think the, the a constitutional sheriff will fight against that type of overreach. They won't tolerate it. Anything that uh, uh, is against our Constitution uh, it should be stopped. And, and uh, simple as that. John, we talk about America is a country of rule of law. And uh, I was talking about it yesterday with Will Trackman on the air. He is general counsel with Mountain States Legal Foundation. And Americans really are. We do believe in the rule of law. But when the law is no longer constitutional, uh, our legislators, our city council people, our um, congressmen and women, our senators, they should be always using the litmus test when they're passing laws and ordinances that they are constitutional. Uh, and so when we talk about rule of law and the laws are not constitutional, that's a real problem, John. It's a huge problem. Great. It's a big problem. Indeed. Yes. And that's why uh, I think a question would be some of these mandates that have come down regarding um, uh, mask wearing, vaccine mandates. Where would you come come down on, on those issues as a sheriff? As those a farce enforcing yeah. them. Yeah. I'm sorry. Those are clearly mandates. And, um, you know, our Declaration and the Constitution, you know, give us the right to, to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and the right to live our lives as we wish. And uh, I stand by that. And any time that a mandate comes in, it is, uh, they're not constitutional. It's just kind of a rule of the House. In fact, uh, Biden and them couldn't couldn't uh, do anything about it, and, and the way they attacked us was is going to employment and forcing, uh, God, it just, it just makes you angry, forcing uh, people to lose their jobs or take a stand for our constitutional rights, and uh, that will never happen when I'm sheriff. There will be no enforcement of mandate. If it's not a constitutional law, it ain't going to happen. Well, and I just saw Tri-County Health, I think, is going to... Um, possibly rescind their mask mandate. This has been just remarkable to me, John Anderson, that uh, that we have, have had these edicts from these health departments saying that even our little children should, would be, should be forced to wear masks um, for eight hours a day. And uh, what's your thoughts about that, John? I think, it, I think it's ridiculous. I think, you know, and if I just heard... Um, Yesterday on the news that uh, they're they're trying to get children from babies from six months old up to what are five six years old uh, vaccinations and uh, I don't know how I guess there's ways they're going to try and force that but uh, totally not right. Well, we are in such a remarkable time right now and um, 
uh, I, we're going to go to break here in, in just a minute. And I think that what we'll do, because I really want to unpack this red flag law, and I think we need a little bit more time to do that. But I, I'm going to ask you a quick question. We'll put that into the next segment. What about crime? Uh, we've seen such a significant spike in crime here in Colorado. Colorado is down number one in car thefts. Why don't? Uh, what's your thoughts on how you would make sure that you keep the people in Douglas County safe? Well, definitely, I can start at the very beginning. And uh, one of the things we need to keep people safe is, is that, Kim, I don't know if you're aware, but the sheriff's office uh, 15, 16 years ago had 11 deputies on the road, 11. And you fast forward 15, 16 years, and that number is still 11. And that, to me, is not um, making Douglas County safe. And uh, I'm going to do, make plans we can talk about called community policing, constitutional policing. And I'm going to increase the number of deputies without raising taxes. And I can explain that all, too. Okay, great. Uh, we're going to go to break. Uh, but before we do that, though, the show comes to you because I get to work with a lot of really great people. And on the line with me is Danielle Green with Kirsch Insurance Group. They're a great sponsor of the show. They are specialists in the Medicare arena, and they work with a lot of different companies here in Colorado. So they can they can really set you up for success. Danielle, it's great to have you on the show. Good morning, Kim, and thank you for having me on the show. I do appreciate it. Um, I just wanted to take a few moments and really um, speak out and let everybody know that um, what really is the Advantage open enrollment period, and what does that mean for um, people who are on Advantage plans? And what that is is between January 1st and March 31st, during this time, if you are on a Medicare Advantage plan, you can change that plan. We can look at the current plan you're on and make sure that plan is addressing all the needs that you that you have. Um, and if it's not, you have this opportunity to go over to another plan. Um, there are some fabulous plans that came out this year, um, some that have zero copay to see your primary care provider, zero copay to see your specialist, um, just really phenomenal things out there that I feel there's a lack of knowledge for all of our listeners and everybody who are on these Advantage plans. And I think it's so important that they know that this is a great opportunity where we can just take a look at it and just make sure that plan is the best plan for them. And it's free. That was my my next question. How much does it cost if uh, somebody calls you to take a look at where they are right now? You know, it's completely free. It's a free service that we do here at Kirsch Insurance. Um, Everything we do here is free. it can be a quick phone call, and we can talk about it over the phone. Um, you can come into the office, and we can kind of review your plans here in the office. It's really whatever um, our clients are most comfortable with doing. Now, one other question, Danielle, is people are, we're, baby boomers are, are getting to Medicare age now. And so if somebody's going to turn 65 this year, they need to be doing some things, Correct. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think um, there's a lot of confusion in that. Um, If you're getting ready to turn 65 or you're three months out of turning 65, um, it's important um, that you kind of do your due diligence and get things moving. Um, For example, um, like your A and B dates for Medicare. Some of you might be like, well, what are my A and B dates? Um, Please feel free to give us a call. Um, And really what we do here is we just give you the knowledge. 
there's no pressure on going on a certain plan. Um, I think it is so important that you just have that knowledge and you understand uh, the choices you have out there. Well, and knowledge is power, Danielle Green. Absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. And what is your website? That's a great, it has all your contact information there. So how can people reach you? Yep. You can just go to uh, Kirsch.com or iKirsch.com and you will find us on there. You can also always give us a call here at the office. Um, I believe our contact number is on your page. Um, If not, it is 303-397-7830. And it's a quick phone call. It can be a five, ten minute phone call. Um, I also think that's important for people to know. You don't have to be on the phone for endless amounts of time for hours. You know, it's a pretty, pretty quick evaluation we can do. Even though you help people with government, a government program, you are efficient. You are not a government program. No, no, we are not. (laughs) Danielle Green, thanks so much. With and she is with Kirsch Insurance Group. That website again is i kirsch i k i r s h s c h dot com. Again, i k i r s c h dot com. Danielle, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, that sounds good. Thanks for having me. Great. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan, while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is KimMunson.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do that. Before we get back to John Anderson, he is a candidate for sheriff here in Douglas County. Uh, another great sponsor of the show is Castlegate Knife and Tool. They are located in Sedalia. And uh, Hal and Linnea Van Herkey are certainly entrepreneurs. Uh, they're a family-owned business. A great website, castlegate.com. That's castlegate.com. But uh, whether or not you are a chef or a sportsman or a collector, Castlegate Knife and Tool is the place for you. And uh, they doubled their business last year. They are just working so hard, which I find that so amazing during this uh, this crazy time. So, again, um, independent business, be sure and support them. That's castlegate.com, castlegate.com. John Anderson is a candidate for Douglas County Sheriff. And, uh, John, uh, you mentioned in the last segment this red flag law. And I remember when it uh, was going through the state legislature and, and it was signed into law. And I was shocked to see that there were some very prominent Republicans that were supporting this. And I used to think it was above my pay grade, John, to read legislation. I realize it's not. And instead of just looking at newspaper articles, what the pundits are saying, what the politicians are saying, I like to go to the source. And I read the bill 
And I was absolutely terrified because it is a direct assault upon our Constitution, upon our Bill of Rights, upon the Second Amendment. Because without any due process, without somebody even knowing that they've been accused of something, that they could go off to work and uh, law enforcement could come into their home, take all their firearms, and they didn't even know that they'd been accused of something. Uh, what's your thoughts on this, uh, John? Well, and as that raises you are, Kim, and you know, and I, and I did go to those Senate hearings, both of them, to uh, fight against Red Flag, and I was extremely disappointed to see who was sitting on the other side, and um, and especially our law enforcement, our sheriff, and, and some of his uh, upper command. And uh, I felt I was sitting on the constitutional side, uh, sitting over there with uh, Sheriff Steve Reams. And, you know, that's what got me back into this race in the very beginning, is, is after I retired, I served 40 years, over 40 years, and this red flag situation came up. And like you said, it, it's, it's, a, it's a civil nature, and it's, it's just based on the preponderance of the evidence, which means that a judge can say, well, that's about enough you know, evidence. I can run to that and, and uh, issue a search warrant. Just, and uh, they can't, the police can go there. But I'll tell you one thing, you know, I was a SWAT commander for 20 years, and if the police do go there, they're not going to go anymore by with one or two officers. They're going to go there, and if you remember Stone, how the FBI went around his place, it can turn into a bad deal. And especially if your family is there, your grandparents, your daughters, your sons, uh, it's a serious situation. And I know that uh, <clears throat> that uh, you have to, you're, you're automatically guilty and you have to prove yourself innocent. And the sheriff's office has already acted on, I, th- I think, uh, four different red flag situations. And to me, they're performing uh, duties on unconstitutionality, and it's something that I disagree with. Well, and John, we certainly want to keep um, people safe. If someone is in a situation where it would be questionable, where a family member would say that they are concerned about the person, it seems to me, instead of having law enforcement take their firearms it seems like that person something should be done with the person instead and isn't there laws in place right now that would would um, address a situation where uh, if a family member was concerned or if a neighbor was concerned or uh, about somebody aren't there laws in place right now there are laws and uh, I've used that law several times in, in my past when uh, during uh, my career and yes, there, you, uh, you, when you uh, contact a person back with, with the laws we have in place now, you read them their rights, and it, sol- it follows due process. And uh, you do give the, the family the opportunity to take the guns or even safekeeping for the police. We, I never liked doing that, but if there's absolutely no way around it, then you did, but we weren't confiscating. There's all safekeeping, and the family has you know, the, the option to do that as well. But it, w- it was clean. It was constitutional. There was due process. But this is this red flag is no more than a gun grab and another. Uh, it's it's a cousin to House Bill Senate Bill two twenty one two five six. You know where the governor signed in that gives local authorities the power to create their own gun laws. So it's just another grab gun law that is totally ridiculous, unconstitutional. And you know when we talk about maybe a red wave coming, uh, I sure hope that it does happen because one of the first things I'm going to do is, is request a legislation that. Um, we do away with this red flag and 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 Senate Bill two five six. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna do, uh, go after all of these unconstitutional laws. Uh, I think that that's really in, important. And um, a couple of things, and I mentioned this earlier in the show, is the gun purchases in America. First time gun purchasers, uh, there were five point four million 
people that purchased guns. So, uh, for the first time in their life. So we know that Americans really do value the Second Amendment, which is the right of the people to keep and bear arms, and it should not be infringed upon. And so this red flag law certainly walks all over the Second Amendment. Uh, we you, Let's talk a little bit about crime and then also homelessness. What we have seen is that uh, Denver, uh, to address their homeless problem, is they're actually pushing homeless uh uh, out into the uh, other communities. And that does not seem like the, a, a real effective way to address homelessness. How would you address homelessness? Because we are starting to see that move out into the other municipalities. Well, homeless is becoming an issue. And we know that just like you said, they're pushing them out this way. So one of the things I'm going to do is be more focused on homelessness, uh, sex trafficking, child trafficking, and elderly. And Kim, when I am your next sheriff, what we're going to do is I'm going to create a specialized team and that specialized team will only focus on those three issues you know homelessness and sex trafficking and, and the elderly and uh and then on that team um castle rock we created uh what we call a crt community response team um yeah you need to clarify a, that which yeah, kind of crt <laughs> that was <laughs> exactly that's why i thought i better back up and say that mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it included a police officer uh a clinician and a, and a mental household person or a mental household lady or whoever. And they would go with that police officer and, and contact these people. Well, what we'll do is we'll put laser focus on the homeless. And when we do get a call, this team will go out and respond. We won't be pulling deputies off the streets and distract them. And they'll make a decision. And, and the decision will be if they're wanted by crime, then the police officer will make that. If they have health issues, then they'll, they'll address that. Or if they have mental issues, they'll address that. And uh, I don't know if we have time, but I can address where we'll take those mental health uh, uh, inspections or investigations we've, where you want to. We've got about five minutes, so I think I think that uh, I think you've got time to explain that. Okay, so so then you know right now the issue is where do we take them? You know if we have somebody, and I think it's very important to know that that uh, through the uh, Justice Center sales tax, um, the, the county, the sheriff's office has uh, accumulated millions and millions and millions of dollars. And when it sunsets, they're, they're, they have been successful in getting it renewed. So, so they have this mentality, use it or lose it. And so what they use it on is spending like $30 million for what they call a, um, a medical jail facility for, for the prisoners. And, you know, when you and I go to the doctor, you know, I, I, if I go in for an earache or whatever, I, just, I go into a little room that they pull out a piece of paper and say hop on the table and they examine you. It doesn't cost $30 million or $25 million for that thing. So, so they knew that it was a, a bad deal. It's getting publicity. So now that they do is they extend it over to, well, we're also treating mental health folks over there. Well, you know that when you um, when you evaluate a mental health hold, you can only hold them for 72 hours. So I don't know what they're treating and after 72 hours, what they're doing with them, if they're cured or what. But what I want to do is, is uh, lease that building out or that facility out to you know, private entity, uh, I hate saying federal government, but whoever whoever has the money to lease it, and make it a mental health hold facility. And then we'd also eliminate the million-dollar cost that, it, that they, they, they pay uh, personnel to evaluate mental health holds. And, uh, and that would go toward more personnel to help fight crime in Douglas County. And uh, then I would go back to the citizens about the Justice Sales Tax Center and ask them, instead of Extending this tax for more brick and mortar and more empires, maybe we can go ahead and advance it toward more personnel and put more deputies, boots on the grounds in the communities, which communities I'm going to create, which is also another valuable tool. 
um, I could explain if we have time. But uh, crime is coming, and it's on the rise. And, 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 you know, I know that sometimes law enforcement like taking credit. Well, we're doing a great job. We're the safest community. Well, it makes it the safest communities. Douglas County is filled with Republicans, good, God-loving people who believe in the Bible and do what's right. That says a lot against crime. But the problem is we see what's going on in Denver. On Fox News just yesterday, they had a, a situation where the store owner, the business owner is raising his uh, 1% sales tax to help fight, you know, what he's losing. We need to be prepared for that. And right now, with 11 deputies on the street, we are not prepared for that. It, it diminishes training. Castle Rock, we trained 135 hours a year per, de- per officer. Douglas County's down to 50 hours a year because they don't have the manpower to, to create the, the training that we need. Anyway, maybe I won't on too long. Okay. And John, no, not a problem. We have just a couple of minutes left, and you were uh, a captain with the Castle Rock Police Department. You were with the police department for many, many years. Uh, what about, uh, we've seen the morale in law enforcement with just the kind of the assault on the narrative of law enforcement. We've got a couple of minutes left. How would you uh, improve morale among the ranks? Well, I think that, well, uh, yeah, I advanced past captain, you know, as a commander when I retired and acting chief for many times. But the way I would, the way I would uh, increase uh, morale is, is that uh, you got to look internally. And internally means that, you know, you, you keep the officers um, uh, well protected. And that means that we put more boots on the ground. And because there was a complaint filed by a large number of deputies to the commissioners in 2019 complaining that they're a short, short staff, it's dangerous for the citizens, it's dangerous. And people started leaving. They, they, had, uh, they couldn't keep up with uh, the people who were leaving. I think that you look at their, their retirements, you look at their pay, you look at um, uh, just how you – I don't know, equip the, the deputies and the police officers. Um, it, it's it's a process, and the process has been grossly ignored. And, and uh, they've spoken out, like I said, sent a complaint letter to the commissioners, and they want to change. They need a change. And, and uh, I think that I'd be the new change to make that happen. Okay, John Anderson, how can people get more information uh, about your campaign? If you go to www.johnandersonforsheriff.com, and that's F O R. Uh, they, they can read all about me and find out my history and what I've done and how I've got to where I was. Okay. John, we have just about a minute left. What is the final thoughts that you would like to leave with our listeners? I think the final thoughts are uh, that uh, we really need to focus on our Constitution and our constitutional rights. Um, I'm very passionate about that, and um, I'm against any type of intrusion that may compromise that. That's why I'm here running for sheriff, and that's what, and I'm all about public safety, community policing. It's combined with constitutional policing, and that's a whole uh, new element that I can explain at another time, but it's very powerful, and um, I think that Douglas County is ready for that, and we can take lead and make that happen. Well, uh, John Anderson, I so appreciate you uh, joining us today, and, uh, and that re- website, one more time, is what? www.johnandersonforsheriff.com. Well, John, thank you so much, and best of luck to you. Thank you very much, Kim, for having me. Bye-bye. You bet. And, my friends, uh, as we are having all these different candidates on the show, I feel that it's really important. As you know, we are an independent voice, and each candidate that reaches out to me, I will get them on the show uh, because I think it's important that you get to know these people that are are running for office. And when we talk about a red wave that uh, will occur, hopefully here in November, 
it means that each and every one of us has a responsibility to know who we're voting for, what they stand for, instead of just sound bites. And that's why we're doing these different interviews uh, to give these candidates a more in-depth opportunity for you to get to know them. So again, any candidates that reach out to me, we will get them on the air and uh, because we think it's just uh, just so important to do so. Our quote for the end of the day is from Charlton Heston. And I love this. He says, one way or another, if you're persistent, fortune always smiles on you. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Through the mountains climbing, twisting, turning further from my Young like a new